Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into an episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. Those of you that are returning, welcome back. And those of you that are new, I am so excited that you are here. I am not going to lie. I've been like very eager to record this episode for many, many days now. Um, I'm Well, first of all, I'm very excited to talk to you about the topic, which is mistakes that you might not realize are keeping you under six figures. There's a lot there. I feel like there could actually probably be like 25 episodes on this topic, but we're going to we're going to narrow it down for today. But part of why I'm so excited to be here with you today is because last week I had an opportunity to go to a two day in person workshop. And this workshop was put on by my business coach and the people that attended the workshop were other members of this mastermind that I'm a part of. And I have so many takeaways. I learned so much. And it's not even that the topics that we talked about are new. I mean, really none of the topics that we talked about are new. It's that there is just something about being in a room with people that have the same energy as you and people that want to do the same things as you. They have the same goals, the same desires, the same dreams, and just being able to feed off of that energy. I, I, I'll share just a little bit and then I promise we'll get into the topic. So at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2023, I joined this higher level tiered mastermind of my business coach. And when I first joined, I had this vision in my head of like me sitting at a table with other women that like were further along the journey than I was. And I had reached this point in my business where I had come so far and I had changed a lot of things about my business and I, I had ideas about where I wanted to go, but I also knew that it was going to be really, really hard for me to get where I wanted to go if I just tried to do it by myself. I've done that before. Like, as you know, from some of the topics on this podcast, I can be scrappy. You can be scrappy, right? We can all be scrappy and we can figure it out and we can dive in and we can like, you know, be on YouTube for hours seeking out the information, but to just have access to the energy that's in a room like that, when you have other people that have similar goals, similar dreams, and people that are further along the journey than you are in some of those points. It's just, it was mind blowing. It was so cool. And I'm still processing. So there's going to be many new nuggets here on the podcast from this experience. Um, I have like a bajillion ideas that I need to organize into some actual episodic formats. Um, but I just, I wanted to remind you all of how powerful it is to just get in the room, right? Just surround your yourself, surround yourself with people that are doing the kinds of things that you want to do, whether it's things that you want to do right now, whether it's things that you think you might want to do in the future, just get yourself in the physical or the virtual room with those people so that you can start to learn from them. It makes such a big difference. Okay. We are going to dive in and we are going to talk about the biggest mistakes that prevent you from getting to six figures and beyond. And I'm really looking forward to dissecting this topic with you because I think that the mistakes that we're going to talk about are oftentimes sneaky. They're sneaky mistakes. They seem like they are good ideas in the moment 
or maybe in the moment you don't even realize you're making a mistake or you don't even realize that there's a better choice. But these mistakes are things that when you do them, they really stunt your growth with your business. These mistakes are really common. I have done, I, I have made these mistakes before in the past. I have also coached many people through these mistakes and all of the mistakes that we're going to talk about, or I should say the two mistakes that we're going to break down today stem from one idea. And this idea that we're going to break down as we work through these mistakes is the idea of making emotional decisions. So decisions that are based solely in the emotions that you are feeling in that moment versus making business decisions based off of business metrics like data or standard operating procedures. Okay. And when I say making emotional decisions, don't get me wrong. Like I am all about, as you probably know by now, I'm all about, I love following my intuition. I love listening to my gut reaction, but I also love taking a beat and <laughs> maybe waiting 24 hours. And especially when I'm feeling emotional, I feeling triggered, uh, taking some time and reverting back to the data or the standard operating procedures that I have in place so that I don't let those feelings that are fleeting guide me to make decisions that I might not otherwise make. So let's break this down a little bit. I'm going to start, I'm going to go through two examples, but we'll start with one. So the first example is replying quickly. Okay. And this is not going to go in a direction where I'm going to tell you, you have to like wait a certain amount of time to reply. That's not what I mean by that. So let me paint a picture. Let's say you get an email from a potential student and this person is inquiring about lessons. They maybe saw your website or they saw a piece of content that you put out on social media and they're getting in touch and they're like, Hey, I am really interested in your services. You know, like I, maybe I have a daughter who's X amount old. She's had lessons for this long. We have a couple of questions about these things though. And you, let's say it's like the evening time and you're doing dishes, okay? And you see this little Facebook message notification pop up and you're like, oh my God, this is a potential new client. Okay, 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 okay. I can multitask. I can totally multitask. So you open up your phone and you're doing dishes and you're using the talk to text function and you're like responding to this person's inquiry and you're feeling like you're totally killing it because you're multitasking and you're excited that like you're getting back to this person right now because you're so excited and you're like kind of frantic and you know looking forward to this potential new student okay this is the per a perfect example of you making business choices and business decisions from a state of emotion and let's break it down and we're going to break down why it's so problematic so first of all, this kind of communication with potential clients is not sustainable. It's not scalable. Okay. If you are at a point in your business where you want to move beyond trading hours for dollars and you want to scale. So let's say that means you want to like create an offer that you can sell to many people with a process that is streamlined. So you're not responding to messages every five seconds, or let's even say you want to hire teachers in your studio and you, um, you want to be able to onboard a lot of new students each month for that kind of growth as you hire more teachers and you need to fill up their schedules. This kind of communication with clients is not sustainable. Okay. It's not sustainable because if you want to onboard many new clients, it doesn't matter what the offer is. It doesn't matter if the offer is private lessons. It doesn't matter if the offer is a digital course, responding to messages while you're doing other things in hours that are not designated business hours is not sustainable in the long term. It's not sustainable for you because unless that's the kind of life you want to live where you're on call 24 hours to respond to potential inquiries, 
it's not taking you towards that desire, right? Of working less and earning more. It's also not sustainable for your clients because when you do this and when you respond in this manner to potential clients, you're kind of teaching them through your actions that they get a response from you instantly, every time. Right. And I don't I, I would never say like you should use some sort of weird psychological tactic where you don't reply for a certain amount of time. But having boundaries around your business operating hours is a great idea because then your clients know when they can get in touch with you and also having them understand how to communicate with you and how to get in touch with you. So you're not fielding, you know, Facebook messages and Instagram DMs and emails and text messages and phone calls. Having one line of communication is great. So there's just a lot of reasons why that's not sustainable. So that's the first reason why it's problematic. The second reason it's problematic is because you're making your brain work really hard. Okay. There's, I'm not even going to go into the whole like, science backing about how switching tasks like that is not the best thing for your brain and how when we think we're multitasking what we're actually doing is really splitting our attention and not doing anything very well so we're not even going to talk about that part but you're making your brain work extra hard because you're crafting a response to questions about your services on the spot okay and if you were to have something like a standard operating procedure in place here you would have a list of all the questions that you frequently get asked and you would have the responses in a document. And when you get messages like this, you would open up the responses to the commonly asked questions and you would copy and paste. You would not be crafting new responses for every single inquiry you get. This saves you not only time and energy, but it also saves your brain a lot of work because you don't have to come up with the perfect way to word something every time you get a question. You already have the way to word something written down and it's just a situation where you need to copy and paste. Okay, the third reason that this is problematic, this story that I shared with you or this uh, scene that I painted is because when a message and specifically in this case, an inquiry, when an inquiry about new lessons comes in and you immediately jump on it, you are likely acting from a place of what feels like maybe excitement, but is probably if you dive a little bit deeper, you're, it's likely a place of scarcity and or fear. Okay. There's this whole energy around it of like, you need to respond right then, because if you don't respond right then, what's going to happen? Maybe they reached out to other teachers. Maybe one of the other teachers will get back to them first. Maybe they're going to go ahead and book a lesson with another teacher. Maybe they're going to find someone else. And so your, your need to respond in that moment while you're doing dishes likely, yes, maybe there's some excitement there, but it likely stems from scarcity and fear, where if you don't drop everything that you're doing to respond to a lead, you might lose that lead. Okay. But that is not sustainable, right? That's not scalable. That's not sustainable either. And the mindset of you being able to respond at a time where your business is open. So during business operating hours with a response that you had already spent time and energy thinking out before ahead of time. So, you know, you already have a really compelling response. You can go into that interaction so much more confidently, right? From a place of, I know that the information I provide them is going to be so compelling that they would be crazy not to hire me. Okay. So that's, that's the first mistake. Okay. Um, acting on things too quickly or responding too quickly. Now having these operating procedures, these standard operating procedures, helps you run your business in a streamlined way instead of from a place of fluctuating emotion because our emotions change very frequently throughout the day. And if we always make decisions 
for our business based on your emotions, whoo, it is going to be a roller coaster. I can tell you that from personal experience. I can tell you that from coaching other people through it. It is going to be not sustainable, okay? A standard operating procedure here might look like what I described. You have a template of the common responses you give to questions that you commonly get so that when you get an inquiry during business hours, you respond to that inquiry by pasting the responses to the commonly asked questions that you get. And sure, you might tweak it. You know, you might start with the pasted responses and you might customize it to each person that inquires, but this takes you about five minutes. And I want you to think also about the energetic output here, right? The energetic output of starting your day for 10 or 15 minutes, responding to inquiries that you got, because that's the time of day that you do that, because that's what's scheduled into your business operating hours. And you have a standard of procedure that you pull up and you just copy paste responses. Energetically, that's way more powerful and it's way more sustainable. It's scalable, it's streamlined. You could theoretically in the future, teach someone else how to do that, right? That isn't even necessarily a task that has to be done by you. And when it comes to growing your business, to actually scaling your business, I should say, not just growing, meaning taking on any new business, scaling in a way that means you are working smarter, not harder, and you are working less hours and having a higher impact and making more money, you essentially need to continue to figure out ways to work yourself out of your own job, right? So that you can level up, level up, level up, level up. And so if you think about this standard operating procedure of having these responses written out that you can copy and paste, you're, you're working yourself out of a job because really, most people could do that, right? Most people could respond to inquiries if you already had the responses written out on a document. Now, when I compile standard operating procedures like this, it's not that I sit down in my business and that I'm like, okay, I need to come up with a standard operating procedure for everything. No, it's pick one task this month or this week and focus on it and say, okay, if I were to try to teach someone else how to do this task, what things would I need to have in place so that it would be easier? Okay. And then start coming up with those things and, you know, come up with a standard operating procedures for one new thing a month or one new thing a week, depending on what your capacity is. And you're going to work yourself out of those jobs, meaning you are going to continue to elevate the role that you play in your business. And you're going to start to automate and streamline a lot of other things. Okay. Um, oh, another uh, thing that I had written down is your standard operating procedure here could be even further streamlined if you are if you have an auto response, right? Like maybe the way that they got in touch with you is through a form in your website, and maybe you have an automation set up that when someone emails you questions, you send them a welcome email that's like, "Thank you so much for your inquiry. We're gonna get back to you in 48 hours." Here's a list of our commonly asked questions and the responses. And here's a video from me where I give you a little bit of insight about what it's like to work with me inside my studio. And here's a link to book a call. So if your questions aren't answered in this FAQ page or in this video, go ahead and book a call and we can talk about your questions and see if lessons are a fit for you. That one's even better because that completely removes you from the situation. And that means that like, Every time you get an inquiry, there's an automated response that goes out and an automated way that people get on the phone with you. And there, therefore you're like just showing up for meetings, right? And that system kind of pre-vets people um, because sure, some people won't be willing to go through all of that work to like watch the video or read the responses or book the call. But then you know what? They didn't really wanna work with you that much anyway. So anyway, I love that example too, because that's a completely automated standard operating procedure, one that you don't even need to be involved in. And then of course, there's like a million different options of everything in between. But the point here is that the standard operating procedure in this case is going to help you a lot more than just 
responding emotionally to something in the moment or making a decision for your business based solely in emotion. Okay. Another example, we'll take this a different direction. So let's say that someone inquires about lessons and you've already taken this tip and you are amazing and you have a standard operating procedure. And so the reply was already sent and it was sent during business hours and from a, a place of operating procedure, not from a place of emotion, but you get a response and someone tells you that your lessons are too expensive. Okay. So I don't know about you, but for me, it's, it's, it's a practice. I would say, and it's always been a practice to not freak out when that happens. <laughs> Anytime someone says you're too expensive, it's a little hard to hear, right? Because I don't, you know, you don't want to be too expensive. You want to be able to help everybody and you don't want people to judge you for having your rates be too high. And so automatically when you get a response saying it's too expensive, people will go to places of like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe I should change my rates. Maybe I should offer them a discount. Maybe I'm charging too much. And all of a sudden, you are in an emotional state, you, right? You are triggered, you are worked up, you are questioning if you should offer discounts, if you should lower your rates, you're second guessing yourself, you're feeling overwhelmed. I would describe this as an icky feeling. This is an icky feeling for me, okay? And so right now, again, instead of responding, instead of shooting off an email really quickly that says like, oh, well, I'm actually offering a first month discount, blah, blah, instead of making up some sort of way that you could get this client from a place of like hustle and inauthenticity, I want you to stop, okay? Making choices to lower your rates or offer discounts are coming from a place of scarcity or fear, just like our previous example. And we don't want to make business decisions from a place of scarcity or fear. We want to make business decisions from a place of data, from a place of standard operating procedure that's ideally informed by data. So that's one of the problems, okay, with this scenario and with shooting off a response right then about a discount or lowering your rates for this one student is that you're making that choice from a place of scarcity and fear. And again, it's not sustainable if your goal is to streamline and scale your business so that eventually maybe you hire teachers or you're selling digital courses. You cannot be responding to every single price objection with an individual offer, okay? It's not possible. It's not possible to do that in a scalable way, okay? And if you're willing to change the pricing structure of your business based off of one piece of feedback from one potential client, like they're not even your client, right? They told you they don't wanna be your client. So one piece of feedback from one client, you are not going to get very far in your business. You're never going to be able to streamline. You will never be able to scale because that's simply not sustainable. So considering discount or rate changes based off of one response is an emotional decision. And we already decided that emotional decisions for your business are not for our highest good, right? That's not going to help you reach your goals of making more and working less. That is also not enough data. One person who tells you that your rates are too high is not enough data. And as a business owner, you probably should have, not probably, you absolutely should have a standard operating procedure around rate changes. When do you offer discounts? When do you change your rates? For example, when I was teaching privately, every January, there was a rate change. Every single January, that was a standard operating procedure in my business. I knew that come like November, I would send out a new studio policy with the new rate come January. Now, maybe it's also standard operating procedure for your business that for any new clients that sign up in 
May for the summer month, they get a discount on lessons because you're trying to fill summer spots. I'm not saying you can't offer discounts and I'm not saying that you can't, um, you know, have lower rates sometimes or run specials or things like that, but you need to do it from a place of business strategy and not from a place of emotion in the moment where you are reacting to someone telling you that your rates are too low. Okay. So your standard operating procedure around rate changes, essentially you're ask, answering the question, when are the times that you will change rates and when are the times that you won't change rates? Okay. And for me, I mean, you could theoretically come up with this standard operating procedure and just keep it in your head. I have to write it down. I have to write it down because even when I was the only person working in my business, if I didn't write it down on paper, I would change it, right? Like I would make exceptions. I would totally recreate it whenever I needed to write it down, put it on your wall, right behind where your computer is. So you see it every day. Okay. This is your new standard operating procedure. Okay, the other thing that I want you to consider is when something like this happens, when you get one piece of feedback, it can be really difficult, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur and you're in a service-based industry like we are, where our services you know, really help our clients know if they're satisfied or not. And so when someone looks at your services and they say, these are too this, or they're not enough this, it can really hurt and it can feel really, really personal. And that can make it even easier to go into that place of emotion and of like reacting from an emotional state. But we have to ask ourselves about data. And I want you to think about data in your business. And one analogy that I use for this is like, imagine if Let's say, okay, let's take McDonald's because most people will know what McDonald's is. And let's take McDonald's and let's say that they, you're working at McDonald's and someone comes in and they are so upset because they ordered a McChicken sandwich and they didn't like it. Okay. And they come in and they're like, this McChicken sandwich did not deliver. It was way too expensive for the product that I ended up receiving. And I am royally upset. Now think about the scope of McDonald's. Think about the size of McDonald's. What happens when one person complains? Does McDonald's headquarters hear about it? Do they change the price of the McChicken sandwich? Do they start to call the producer of the elements of the McChicken sandwich? And do they start to like do some sort of quality control? Do that? What do they do? None of those things right? They might offer the customer a refund for that one McChicken sandwich, or they might not even do that. They might just offer them an additional McChicken sandwich, or they might offer them a gift card. They might just say verbally, I'm sorry. There could be a lot of things that they could do to deal with that customer service issue, but they will not consider changing the entire business model based off of one piece of feedback. Okay. And I know it's different in your business because as a piano teacher, you are likely not serving the amount of people that McDonald's is serving. But if your goal is to scale your business at one, one day, you will be, you will be serving a lot of people, maybe not as many as McDonald's, but you will be serving more people than you are now. And so you need to be making decisions right now that will set you up for that future version of you and your future version of your business. So collect data. Maybe start asking around. Maybe you have a form on your website or a survey that people can say that, you know, maybe you have an email that you send people, people that inquire that don't end up sending, excuse me, I'm stuck stuttering all over the place. People that don't sign up for lessons, but that did inquire with you. Maybe you send them a quick email and you're like, hey, you know, when you have a minute, I would love to know why you didn't sign up for lessons. And you just gather that data, okay? And until you had like, I would say at least 10 people in a row, like within maybe like a, a three month period that said your lessons were way too expensive. 
and you're not experiencing any business growth and you're not experiencing any new clients and that's what you want, that's not enough data, right? So you have to set those thresholds of like at when, at what point is there enough data to, to maybe reevaluate or to maybe change some of the structures or some of the operating procedures. But one person saying that your rates are too high is not enough data to change your entire business model. Okay, so the, the big takeaway is treat your business like a business. Imagine what it will take to scale it. Put yourself in your future self. Imagine yourself, you know, as the CEO of McDonald's, imagine yourself as this bigger version of what you're doing now and make choices based on that reality because those choices are going to help you get there. Whereas if you just make choices based on like, well, it's fine. I mean, yeah, it's Tuesday night and I'm doing dishes, but it's fine because right now it's just me and I really need this new student. You're always going to stay in that small-minded thinking that will prevent you from streamlining. It's using your brain in a different way. It's not just the choices that you're making. It's also training your brain to think bigger. It's training your brain to think in a more streamlined way than you think now so that scaling becomes much more possible. Do not make decisions based off of fear or any other emotion. Think about the long-term sustainability and scalability when you make choices. Create standard operating procedures so that your brain doesn't have to work so hard every time you're doing repeated tasks. There are standard operating procedures and automations that exist for so many things. And I didn't write down the episode number, but I have an episode about like ways that you can or different tasks that you can streamline and automate. It's one of my earlier episodes. I think it's within like the first 20. So you can go back and listen to that um, and then collect data, right? And there's a million ways to collect data. One example that I gave in this episode was just to simply go back in your email and look at people that have inquired about lessons but never signed up and just ask them why. That's a great way to start collecting data. And oftentimes I find that when I go to collect data, the answer is not what I think it is. Like you might go into sending these emails, expecting that you're going to get like 15 emails back about how your prices were too high. And you might find out some other really interesting things. Like maybe you find out that they didn't like the way that you did billing or that, you know, your makeup policy seemed to X, Y, and Z, or there wasn't enough availability in the schedule, or maybe they were confused by your website and they didn't know how to sign up for lessons. There's all sorts of information and data that you can collect and then have a threshold in place, an operate, a standard operating procedure in place for at what point you start to evaluate if you need to make changes in your business based off of that data. Okay. That is what I want you to do. This is going to help you move away from that roller coaster feeling, and it's going to help you move towards this new expanded mindset of how to do things at a much bigger level where you can create more impact. You can get way bigger results for people. And that's also the space that exists where you can usually find that you can work less hours and make more money. Now, if you are ready to do this in your business and you're not sure how and you're listening to this episode and you're like yeah 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 all of that sounds amazing but how do i actually go about implementing that in my business like those are great ideas how do i do that go ahead and get in touch with me send me a message on instagram or look at the show notes i have a little inquiry where you can inquire about private business coaching okay the program that i do for private business coaching is called six figure studio and we dive in i help you streamline optimize your current business so that you can scale your studio and also scale in other ways with things like group offers or evergreen courses and all of that kind of stuff. Um, what happens when you start thinking about this way that we were just describing in the episode is you start to have the creative energy and also more time 
right? Because when you automate things and you streamline things and you start to look at data and you start to have standard operating procedures in place, you have more time and energy to come up with the ideas that will support you getting towards the life and the business of your dreams. So the link is in the show notes called Six Figure Studio. If you want to check out the information, you can inquire via that website. Um, I have one spot that will be open before the end of the year. And then I'm not sure what it will look like going forward. I do not think I will have spots going forward in January, um, but we will see about that. So you are all incredible. You are incredible. Thank you for being here. I hope that your business is going really well. And oh, one other announcement I'm going to make is that I will likely in November, keep an eye on email, I will likely be doing a content audit. Okay. This is going to be really fun and I'm super excited to offer this. It's going to probably happen um, in November. There's probably going to be like four or five spots open for people that will be able to sign up for the content audit. And what we're going to do during this time is I will take any piece of content. It could be like a piece of content for like Instagram or social media, but it could also just be your website. It could be an email that you want to send to your families. It could be your studio policy. And during this time, we're going to get together in a group Zoom and I will share my screen. We'll go over these pieces of content together and I will essentially break it down and tell you how to make it a lot more compelling and a lot more convincing. And uh, it's going to be really, really awesome. You will learn not only if you are one of the people that submits a piece of content, because obviously having your content reviewed and knowing what to change on your content is going to be very helpful. But also, even if you just want to come and watch and you don't have any interest in submitting content, you're going to learn a lot just by watching other people's content be reviewed as well. So that is, I don't want to put a time limit on it because I have to... Um, I have to look at the calendar, but I'm kind of tentatively thinking second week of November. Um, and I will, if you don't see an email me from me about that in the next like week or so, then likely it'll be moved to December. All right, everybody, you are amazing. I cannot wait to hear what you're doing inside your businesses. I hope you take these tips and make some real and impactful and lasting changes. I will talk to you all next week. Have an amazing rest of your day. Hey there, thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes and I can't wait to get to know you.